by Gods and Kings takes place in the world of Dunai and is based on the tabletop RPG. For more information on the tabletop RPG or for more information on the world of Dunai, please visit our website www.bygodsandkings.com Chapter 9 The Rise of the Right Hand I stared at the bookshelf that was on my brother. His arm was hanging out from underneath it, but it wasn't twitching, nor was his heart beating. The weight of the bookshelf crushed his body instantly, and I was left with a feeling of emptiness. Killings alone proved to be a lot more difficult than I had ever imagined, but what was done was done. Only Falaus was left, and I was determined to see my mission come to an end. Ending Falaus would be much more different than either of the other three. I knew stealth wouldn't matter with my brother the last to fall. And besides, I wanted him to see it coming. I wanted him to know that I was ending his life intentionally. I wanted him to feel the visceral hatred coming through my soul as I sent his to the halls of Vesia. The halls of the mansion were still empty as the moons were still hanging overhead, but I knew my time was limited. I left the library and made my way through the manor quietly, eventually reaching the door to Father's parlor. I exhaled loudly and prepared myself mentally for what was to come. I had always dreamed of delivering Falaus his comeuppance, but I never thought it would happen. Years of him tormenting and belittling me had led me to here, and now I was finally going to get my revenge. I pushed open the door and stood in the doorway, laying eyes immediately on my brother behind the desk. He scoffed loudly and shook his head in disgust. Why are you here, brother? Are you here to defile our father's parlor just as you defiled the rest of his home? inquired Falaus rudely. I strutted into the parlor and briefly inspected the area from afar. It was just as it was earlier in the day when Father sent me to my death. Books, tomes, and scrolls were on the desk in front of Falaus, though I'm sure he did not know what any of them possessed. I could see the sun starting to come up to the east with an orange hue faintly lining the horizon. Time was a precious commodity and I had to move quickly. I find it fitting, Falaus, that my night ends here with you, I said as I stepped into the parlor. For too long, I loathed your very existence and felt your essence was simply a waste. I stood in front of our father's desk as Falaus was taken aback by my words. I had never been openly rude or aggressive toward him. His surprise brought me a hint of joy, but I didn't have time to revel in it. Time was more my enemy than Falaus was. Each one of our brothers has met the goddess of law tonight, Falaus, and I'm afraid you have the next appointment, I announced in a menacing tone. Falaus leaned forward while keeping his hands flat on father's desk. I laughed and shook my head in disbelief. It appears that the old saying is true, brother. The apple does not fall far from its tree. Father took that same position with me earlier when he informed me that I was to be executed tonight. Falaus laughed before shaking his head in disbelief. Father told me that he was having you sent off, but I knew better. I knew he was going to have you killed, he retorted rudely. Those who are dead can no longer come and haunt the living. Your death would have solved one of our biggest problems. And yet here I am, I said with a genuine smile. Those four buffoons that our father had were quite pathetic, I must say. Killing them was far too easy, and frankly, I took no pleasure out of it. I did take pleasure, though, from some of my other victims. Falaus exhaled loudly as the look of recent laughter left. Did you kill our father? he inquired bluntly. I chuckled and nodded with a sinister grin adorned across my lips. With my bare hands, Falaus, I answered. I choked the life out of him while he sat in his chair in front of the fire. Falaus was losing control of his emotions. His eyes began to bulge as the veins on the side of his head were beginning to pulsate. You bastard, you will hang for this, he shouted. I shrugged my shoulders and watched Falaus squirm at the thought of his younger brother murdering his father. 
I also planted Tigros's face in the pool where he worshipped Xylane. I enjoyed holding his head under water as his lungs filled up. He was dead within minutes. Pity he wasn't strong enough with Xylene to have the water simply evaporate. I folded my arms across my chest while keeping my eyes affixed on Phalaus. Adject met his end inside his forge where he was burned alive while I watched, and regrettably, Zalorn was crushed by the weight of his books. All that is left, Phalaus, is you. Phalaus stepped out from behind Father's desk just as I pulled out the glowing dagger. The purple hue from the blade lit up the area around it, drawing Phalaus's attention. Where did you get that? He pondered as he locked his eyes on the dagger. It was a gift from a friend I made after I escaped Father's soldiers. I smiled warmly. He was quite impressed with my handiwork, so much so that he gave me this dagger to finish my brothers off with. Phalaus breathed heavily as he kept his eyes on me. I gripped the dagger and watched Phalaus's movements closely, waiting for him to make the first move toward me. Just as I always did growing up, Phalaus would attack first and I would respond. I would always counter and scramble away, but not tonight. This would be the night that Phalaus finally got what was coming to him. Tonight was the night that I finally got my revenge. Phalaus grabbed a vase off of our father's desk and swung it at my head wildly. He had little control over his motion, and with a push of my right foot backwards I was able to avoid the attack with ease. I planted my left foot as soon as I landed and kept my right foot raised. Phalaus's momentum brought him forward slightly, just enough for me to kick him squarely in the face with my raised leg. I rotated my hip with my right foot in the air and kicked Phalaus in the face again, this time with my instep. Phalaus was stunned from the second strike. I lowered my right foot and pushed off with my left. I rotated my torso in the air and drove my elbow into Phalaus's chest. The tip of the bone hit him squarely in the center of his chest, forcing him to bend at the waist and drop to his knee. I held onto my dagger firmly and drove it down toward his back. In a quick reaction, Phalaus dropped to his stomach and rolled out of the way as the tip of the blade found the wooden floor at my feet. You're only delaying the inevitable, Phalaus, I chided as I picked the blade up and held it in my right hand. Your story will end the same way as the others. Phalaus rose to his feet, struggling for air as he grabbed his chest. Why are you doing this? Why are you trying to kill me? I laughed openly. Because it's what you deserve, brother. I retorted harshly while locking eyes with him. Phalaus, Uncle Demerix left me with something that Father openly stole. Phalaus shook his head. You never deserve to have it, he said while slowly moving away from me. Face it, Nathair, you were, and always will be, the most pathetic of our parents' children, seethed Phalaus as he continued to back away from me. You stayed close to Mother your entire life so that we couldn't do the world a favor and remove you from it. You stayed close to her to soak in her love, when in reality, she was just your security. She was your only protection, and the day she finally shuffled off this mortal plane and met the goddess of law, your life was void. I tried to ignore him while Phalaus inched away from me. Your unkind words will not extend your life, Phalaus, I replied while following him closely. My blade was still drawn and I was preparing to drive it into his chest as soon as I could get close enough. I'm only speaking the truth, fool, continued Phalaus. Mother never loved you. She protected you because of how weak and useless you were. She stood by your side in the hopes that she could give you a chance to become something, but in the end, it never came. I laughed openly. Uncle Demerix thought enough of me to entrust me with his estate. And you saw how quickly we took that from you, replied Phalaus. He paused with his foot reaching the edge of the platform overlooking the great room. The room was very dim and only the faint light of the moons provided any ambience or illumination. The fireplace wasn't burning as brightly as it was earlier as it hadn't been stoked for hours. The stairs were to his left and with a slight step, he would begin making his way down them. The small of his back rested against the banister as he used his right hand to feel for the handrail. Nathair, 
You were a burden to our mother, and her death was the thing that finally freed her from you. You lie, I shouted before swiping the blade across his neck. He leaned back, pressing his entire back against the rail as the blade barely missed the skin on his neck. But, with his momentum going backwards, I shuffled my feet and lunged forward. I dove into Falaus with my blade piercing his chest, though my momentum took us through the banister. We fell from the second floor down into the great room with my dagger firmly lodged in his chest. His eyes were wide as his essence was fading. Death could not come for my brother soon enough. He was in agony as his back slammed against the wooden floor with my body landing on top of him, pushing the blade as far as it would go through his chest. You, you lie, brother, I said plainly as blood began to pool in his throat. He could not speak, but only gurgle as the seconds passed and his essence faded from his body. I pulled the blade from his chest as his eyes stared into mine. Though they were lifeless, I took solace in knowing that the last thing he saw in Dunai was the brother he had the most disdain for. With my mission over, I took care of the bodies as best I could. Zalorn, Falaus, and Tigras were all placed in Adjek's forge where their bodies were incinerated. The servants would be none the wiser as to what happened to them. Father, however, would be found in his chair the next morning by his personal attendant. I know that he had suspicions, but I didn't care. The servants worked for me now. The next afternoon, I stepped out of the manor and made my way over to the carriage. I was dressed in my finest outfit, one that was fitting to the new lord of the manor. Though I hoped to never see it again, the staff would stay on to keep it in decent shape. Brex would be a memory for me as I had no intention of ever returning. I ordered the servants to bury my father in the back of his estate in an area that wasn't too particularly marshy yet. I contemplated having his body cast off into Despondia to be consumed by a bog monster or some other creature, but I felt it was better for appearances for my father to be buried on his estate. I arrived in Warriors a couple days later, making it to my uncle's estate, which was now mine. The servants greeted me as if I had never left, and I was remarkably happy to see them. The trip from Brex to Wurz was not difficult, but I worried about what damage my father did. I stressed over if I would need to fight for my uncle's estate, or if it would be just as he had intended. I entered the home and immediately headed to my new study, the one that my uncle used to stay in for hours during the day. Upon entering, I was taken aback by the man sitting behind my desk. Good evening, Nathair, announced Jerosk. I was surprised to see him, as my father said he was in Sunshire. The portly attorney appeared to be in good health, making me wonder if my father was simply lying to me. I tilted my head slightly and smirked. I'm good, Jerosk. How are you? His eyes immediately transformed from the stoic white that I was accustomed to seeing to a bright, vibrant purple. A wry smile emerged, followed by a devilish furrow of his brow. I'm quite well, Nathair, he said in the voice of Latros, revealing himself to be the demigod son of Malaris. I was surprised to see him standing there, but I knew that my future had already been sorted. With Latros posing as the attorney, handling my uncle's estate, my father's plan never stood a chance. From the night where I escaped my father's clutches to bringing an end to my family, Latros was there with me. He looked on as I murdered all four of my brothers and smiled when I sent my father to meet Vesia. Everything is as it should be, announced Latros warmly. Your estate is just that. It is yours. Your father's possessions and Brex have been merged with your uncle's here in Wurz. Everything is going according to plan. That is most good, Latros. I was worried that my father had succeeded in ruining everything that my uncle had built, I answered. He informed me that Jerovsk was inside the Sunshire Stockade and that he forged the paperwork to have the estate taken. Latros shrugged lightly. He did, but I was able to put a stop to it, replied Latros. And yes, Jerovsk is locked inside the stockades. 
He was a rather nice man. I do hate that he is being tortured, but I suppose that is the nature of Dunai. Latros paused and smiled. We will be able to get everything moving soon. All of my plans will come to fruition and we will be able to become much bigger than my father ever dreamed of being. It was at that moment that I truly wondered what all was at play and why Latros had chosen me. He had grand plans for Dunai and I was curious to why I was needed. Nathair, did you bring my dagger? He inquired, still posing as Jarovsk. I reached into a satchel at my side and removed the dagger with its blade still glowing a vibrant purple. I held the handle firmly for a few seconds before offering it to Latros. Here, I stated softly, reluctant to hand the blade over. I rather enjoyed driving the blade through my oldest brother's heart. Latros smiled and received the blade from me. He held onto the handle and nodded with the blade glowing vibrantly in his hand. This blade has taken many a life, though I was hoping your brothers would have been the most important, he said casually. You see, weapons like this tell a story. This dagger was forged in Lochris by some of my father's servants. They forged it from the metals that can only be mined there, while also pulling some elements from the void. This blade is special, and when wielded by someone with a celestial essence, it can do great things. I stood still. I stood still and watched Latro smile at me while still under the guise of Jerosk. He stood in front of me while he held onto the dagger and twirled it along in his hand. I had no idea what was going through his mind as he explained the origins of the dagger. It was quite peculiar and my guard was down, and it should not have been. Without warning, Latros rammed the dagger through my torso. My eyes bulged out of my skull as I was filled with an intense pain. I dropped to my knees as my body plummeted through an abyss. Vibrant purple rays streaked through the air around me as I fell without an end in sight. My eyes sprung open after what felt like an eternity. The moons were hanging overhead and the room I was in was very dark. Only the rays of the celestial bodies overhead offered any illumination. I was still on my stomach with my cheek pressed against the stone floor. Time had passed, though I didn't know how long I had been out. My stomach was aching from where Latros impaled me with the dagger and, while I was surprised to be alive, I was furious with him. After everything that I did to survive and reclaim my life, he turned on me. He betrayed me. He drove the dagger that I used to infilouse through my torso, but why was I still alive? I assumed that he wanted me dead so he could claim my fortune and my family's estates. I thought he may want the influence that the gods lost when Brawl was submerged, but I was wrong. I rose to my feet slowly, staggering about once I got my feet underneath me. I stumbled slightly to my right, eventually reaching a small table. I breathed heavily as I tried to gain my bearings. It took a few moments, but after my feet were stable beneath me, I glanced forward to see a rogue mirror placed in the room. I peered forward into the mirror, immediately noticed something different about my appearance. My eyes, which were once white and dull, were now glowing a vibrant purple. At that moment, I stood tall and felt a sense of power about me. I held my hand out and saw purple mist coming from my fingertips. He didn't kill me, I said with a smile. At that moment, I realized what Latros did. He didn't kill me, but instead made me unkillable. Latros gifted me with immortality and the knowledge of the gods. Latros entrusted me with the gifts that I would need to serve at his side. I was now God-touched. We would like to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. More content will be coming out on a regular basis. For more on By Gods and Kings, please visit www.bygodsandkings.com or www.scriptcrypt.com.